0: The Amazing People Podcast, episode 29. Welcome to the Amazing People Podcast, where ordinary people from all walks of life do amazing things in life and business, with your host, Chip Desard. Welcome to this edition of the Amazing People Podcast. Of course, my name is Chip and i am so glad that you're here listening again to another podcast i don't take it for granted i say that every show open because i know one of the most valuable assets we all have is our time whether you're running whether you're jogging whether you're just in the car i appreciate the feedback that i've been getting from this podcast in the last episode i talked about creative missions and i have a new segment by uh, my friend muta and uh, he'll be on some subsequent episodes but today before we get into our guest I wanted to, to just talk to you about um, what this podcast is really about. It's really about just people. And um, I welcome input for people that you think that are amazing. Uh, I get that often. You can go to my website. It's chip.photography or either or either or, or, and just click on that contact button. And there's a form there uh, if you think. Someone I should interview. They don't have to be famous, uh, but they're doing things. I I would like them to have a website or a blog or at least something that uh, body of work that they have. Just, you know, because in this day and age, if you don't have a website or or a blog, uh, you're really not relevant. So, and not just a Facebook. So uh, I don't have to know them. So I've gotten some great suggestions and I'm going to be interviewing a lot more people over uh, the summer months. So thank you for that. But like I said, you can go to my site directly chip.photography and click on the contact button slash contact. Also, I want to talk to you about my uh, sister podcast over at web video chefs. That is the cook a better video podcast. And you want to make sure you check that out uh, with Amani and myself. And if you're looking to do videos, you want to check that podcast out and just uh, Google it in iTunes I said Google it or it's on stitcher as well as we're on the windows phone, as we're on blackberry. As we're on every kind of device you want. So you have no excuse, okay? No excuse to not listen to our show. All right, before we get into the interview, I want us to take one more uh, time to just give a shout out just to uh, a company that's been there for us for me and uh, That's Rode Video. Uh, just Rode, the company in Australia. Give them a big shout for their lavalier mics. I use their Video Mic Pro and I suggest you go and get uh, some of their podcasting mics. I'm using uh, one of their uh, microphones right now, speaking into it. I really, really enjoy uh, their products and their service. Uh, if you have any issues uh, that you buy you from Amazon, you can email Rode or I send them a tweet. They'll get right back to you. So Rode, thank you for being an in-kind sponsor of this podcast and of the Cook a Better video podcast, so you want to make sure that you check those that podcast out and all the other podcasts. There's so many out there, but I, I just guess I'm biased to the ones that I'm producing. So, without further ado, we're going to get into our main topic today. A gentleman um, I, I met a few years ago. You'll hear from him, and he just really inspired me with this uh thank you revolution, you know? And the thank you revolution really hit a chord with me. And um in this podcast I'm just talking about a guy named Matthew. So uh well we call him Matt McWilliams. And Matt is a world changer and the thank you revolution is just uh, the tip of the iceberg that we talk about, but we really get into something uh, really deep and personal about his dad. But without further ado, uh, I'm going to let you hear from Matt himself. He's such a good guy, and we're going to welcome to the show after this. Hey, Matt, welcome to the show today. Thanks a lot for having me, Chip. Hey, Matt, I just want to say, uh, first of all, I'm really inspired by your work, your blog, and following it. I may not comment as often as I should, but I just want to just give you kudos first for having such an inspiring uh, blog.
1: Well, thank you. That means a lot, a lot to you, Chip. Thank you.
0: Hey, uh, now I know that, um, I want to just for the listeners that you have a very interesting backstory, but we're not going to get into that because they can find that on your blog and we'll note that on the show notes. But I want to talk to you today about, you know, that one word, a post that you wrote a few weeks ago, right now is the time of this taping has about 47 comments about forgiveness. And, um, you know, with your dad and, uh, and it, it hit home to me because, uh, personally, my dad passed away about two years ago and I went through a similar thing with forgiveness and some other things. And, um, I didn't write it, but tell me even just the Genesis, of backstory about how you even came to this place to write about forgiveness.
1: Well, um, you know, like, like your dad, my, my dad passed away. Uh, it's a lot longer ago. It was a little over nine years ago. and, And he was, uh, he was very young for his age. He passed away. I want to say when he was uh, fifty-one, of a rare form of ALS, which is many people know it by Luke Garrick's disease, and, and he passed away in so April of two or March of two thousand five. And you know, he and I had been close in a way. I mean, he was my golf instructor and. And we, we had a, a unique relationship in that we spent a lot of time together on the golf course, but not very much outside of that. And after I got married, you know, that was really when some of my, as often happens when people get married, it seems like they're the good stuff in their life and the bad stuff in their life finally comes to the light. You know, the stuff that I was able to hide from others, I couldn't hide from my wife. and And I mean that both ways, you know, both good and bad. And One of those things was just that I I was kind of a bitter person. You know, there was something deep down inside of me that wasn't, it just wasn't right. And, and I'd never taken the time to identify it. And so I spent a lot of time with counselors and really just trying to identify that. And, and ultimately I was, uh, in back to back meetings, one with a counselor, marriage counselor, and one with my personal and spiritual mentor, They both gave me ultimatums and it was, it was kind of funny. One said, you will forgive somebody this week, you know, before we meet again or two weeks from now. So I had two weeks to forgive somebody, (laughs) you know, no pressure. And, and then the other one said, you need to forgive either your mom or your dad. And, And I won't get into too much of the details of why that is, but the gist of it is when I was just short of two years old, my dad left us literally just left us, left us high and dry. And um, he had been seeing another woman and my mom found out about it. And rather than try to make things right, he just said, see ya. Well, nine years or seven years later, right when I had turned nine, I actually went to live with him. And until very recently, I never understood why I went to live with him. I finally talked to my mom about it. So that was my dad's side of things. And, and And my dad was also an alcoholic. And so there were issues that came about from that. My mom's side of things, you know, she, she was abusive and she never really was around. She had, I would say she was absent, generally speaking. And I had an opportunity after talking with my mentor who said, you need to forgive one, either your mom or your dad. Uh, You know, I say that it's God and, and some people could say whatever they want, but a very strange series of events one led to another and the first was i heard is the story from a uh, from a pastor named Joel Osteen who many people know talking about his dad and his dad was going to tell off his dad you know say say to him you know why didn't you raise me better and and god spoke to to um Joel Osteen's dad and said well, could you have done any better could you you've done any better if you grew up in in his situation. And the answer was no. And I realized that same thing about my mom. My mom was, uh, she was an army brat. So they moved around a lot. Well, one of the things I held against my mom for so long was that we moved 14 times by the age of, by the time I was nine years old. Wow. And, and I held that against her. And, you know, so that was one thing. And her dad was an abusive alcoholic. So what did I expect my mom to do when, when I did something wrong? How did I expect her to react based on how her father reacted? And there were some other things about my mom that, that I knew. And, and it, long story short, is it hit me. Would I have done any better if I grew up the same way she did? And the answer was no. And I'm talking to her on the phone one day. And we're, her sister is, my, my Aunt Mary, who has since passed away, was, was literally on her deathbed with cancer. And so it was an emotional conversation to begin with. And my mom just broke down and, and started apologizing, you know, for, for being a bad mother in her words. And, and it, it was like, (laughs) it was this, it was like, God had just opened this giant door and said, okay, son, you're going to walk through this or not. You know, I've given you the opportunity of a lifetime to forgive your mother. Are you going to do it or not? And, and I did, I said, mom, I forgive you. I know I've never said that, but I want you to know that I've forgiven you for everything. And so that one was easy because of, of two factors. One, I related to my mom. I understood why she did what she did. And I honestly could not say I would have done better than she did. And the second one was there was an opportunity, you know, God opened this wide door and said, walk through this. But my dad was a lot harder because neither of those two things was true. First of all, my dad was dead. I I didn't, I wasn't going to have a conversation with him where, you know, the opportunity would present itself. I had to really force it to happen and secondly, I did not understand why he did what he did. I, I could not relate. He had a great family, grew up in a very steady home um, and had everything going for him as far as my eyes could see. And so I was just hellbent to say, I'm not going to forgive him because I don't understand what he did and and the opportunity wasn't there. So that was, that was where we were at the time, you know, a few weeks ago, I guess
0: wow and 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 let me just go back to when you when you want to even publish this because matt this is so personal a lot of people you know i know you publish uh uh, on your blog other other items but this was this was like insanely personal if i can say that word
1: (laughs) yeah it's i actually wrote that to um to somebody the night before i said i said something along the lines of this is the most deeply intimate or intimately personal thing I've ever written could you take a look at it and make sure that it's it's coming across the right way because I didn't want it to come across in one of two ways one I didn't want it to be so personal that it made people uncomfortable that that was one thing and then the, the second thing was I didn't want it to be so personal that perhaps and this is that 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 there's always that fear in my mind Saying you know are you going too far What are people going to think And I think we all have that But th- it was really taken over the night before I didn't want people thinking I was just fishing for You know for for Whatever for, You yeah. know like wow that's so way to go You're so deeply personal That's brave of you to post That's not why I posted this um, This literally came about I was I was laying in bed one night and I was reading, um, the, the book I was reading is actually the resolution by the Kendrick brothers. Mm-hmm. And, and it was talking about, you know, forgive, basically forgiving our fathers mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, ironic, you know, lead into this, is, this was not something that was very, um, uh, you know, there wasn't like one thing led to another. I was reading specifically about forgiving fathers and I, I set the book down and I, I just, I really tried to say, "Yeah, you know, that's, that's great in concept, but I'm still going to choose not to because there were some things that had again insinuated that same thing, which was, well, could I have done any better? Yes. I'm like, well, yeah, I could have done better with what he had. And, and, and I didn't have the opportunity to meet with him. And so I went in, started brushing my teeth and was really just trying to forget what I had just read. I was, I had determined that what I'd read was, was right for somebody, but not for me. Let's, let's forget this whole thing. Let's floss and brush and get back in bed and fall asleep and wake up and start a new day. And, and I literally, as I was, as I was brushing my teeth, this was the night before Easter of this year. Um, I just, I heard this voice said, write to him. Wow. And, and it was, and it was kind of one of those field of dreams moments. I was mm-hmm. like, wait, what? <laughs> uh-huh. Right to, write to who, <laughs> you know, yeah. I think I know who you're talking about, but can you clarify that? And what am I supposed to write? And I said, and the voice said, write, dad, I forgive you. Wow. That's, that's all it takes. That's it. Just write dad. I forgive you. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then of course the other side saying, just go to bed. And you know, like I said, sleep it off, wake up it'll all go away. And then I started wrestling with this thought because I said, if I write that, if I write this, I know what's going to happen. I know I'm going to have to go through, I'm going to have to relive certain events in my life. I'm going to have to go through that pain again because that was the only way to get to get to the other side of mediocrity. You've got to go back through that pain. Wow. And I didn't, I didn't really want to do that. So to get to forgiveness I had to go through that pain, and it was it was going to get worse. There was going to be this period of time. I, d- I didn't know how long it would be, whether it be moments, days, weeks, a year, two years, however long, where it would get worse before it got better. And I I just I wasn't willing to do that. I, I was arguing. I'm having this internal argument while I'm brushing my teeth with. There's no way I can do this, you know. And finally, I got back into bed. Somehow, I ended up with a notepad that was easily available with a pen and. I started writing and, um, I, I can share what I wrote, but, or we could just, you know, we could give the link, but it was, um, yeah, I, I, I wrote and I ended and I had forgiven my father.
0: Wow. And, and, and I, yeah, I'll put the link in the show notes because I, this episode is about forgiveness. It's about actually, and I want to talk about one more thing. I mean, this it's so powerful because how, I think I really got introduced to you, Matt, was through the thank you revolution. And and that, for me, revolutionized coworkers and things to me to just telling people a, a quick note of thanks, you know, yeah. that, that and the gratitude. And I think that sometimes, you know, especially I'll just be real with you as men. We think that's a little hokey, a little Oprah, a little, you know, kumbaya. <laughs> I, I'm just being real with you now, you know, yeah. and, and and I was one of those guys. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah but I did it. And it's so powerful, Matt. I mean, it it just, you just don't know how many people you affected with that thank you revolution. So tell me about that real briefly about the thank you.
1: Well, before I do, let me say that, because I think the result is what's the most powerful statement. Uh, I've received a lot of emails, a lot of thank you notes in the mail, a lot of guest post submissions, all kinds of stuff, audio feedback saying, thank you for the thank you revolution. It's it's changed my life. It's changed my company. It's changed my marriage. It saved my marriage. It's, it's done this. I have, I finally was able to reconnect with my long lost sibling, you know, things like that, that it's, that it's done. But one of the, if not the most powerful, testimonies to the thank you revolution is actually yours, Chip. And I don't know if I've ever told you that. And and the reason is I'm I'm gonna level with you here. I'm white, I'm middle class, and I grew up in the suburbs. You know, I'm I'm as as like middle America as you can come. And for me to see what the thank you revolution has done in the in the school that you're in, and it's done with people that you know, honestly, I don't relate to very well. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just me being perfectly honest. I hate to admit that. No, no, but not. it's 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 not who I write to, and it's not mm-hmm. who I hang out with, um, mm-hmm. because it's not who I grew up with. That's just the way I was raised. It's yeah. not. Yeah. It is what it is. And to see that, and to see that this this writing a handwritten thank you note, which has traditionally been thought of as something that is for more of maybe the elite class, mm-hmm. and to see. Inner city minorities doing that. I mean, oh my gosh, that was when I. I mean, it floored me when I saw that. So <laughs> I think I sent what, a picture of it to you, right? You did, and I I'm did. like, I, 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 literally, I sent it to to my wife Tara. I'm like, you've got to see this. This is unbelievable. Yeah, I had no idea yeah. Yeah. because. The, the genesis of the thank you revolution is I wrote a single post. I wrote a single post about writing thank you notes and, and the impact that it can have. Mostly I focused on it from a business standpoint. And then I started getting these emails and these phone calls and these, uh, these notes in the mail saying, thank you. It, yes, it has changed my business, but also, Hey, I started doing this with my husband. I started doing this with my kids. There are families who do this together. And so I put all of these stories together and I've gotten a ton more stories since I wrote the book almost a year, uh, year and a half ago. But the book on my site, it's completely free. It's about 75, 80 pages, but it's a pretty quick read. It's equal parts inspiration and also how-to because there is a how-to aspect to writing thank-you notes when you're really stumped for how to write them. Um, mm-hmm. If you go to mattmcwilliams.com on the right side, you'll see uh, a book there called Two Powerful Words, Revolutionize Your Work, Relationships, and Life with the Power of Gratitude. And you can get that for free there. Um, and that's the kind of been the hub for this thank you revolution, mm-hmm. which is, which is, it's changing people's lives, lives, which is certainly never what <laughs> I never thought it could do something like that, but it's just yeah. been such a cool, cool journey for me <laughs> and, personally. And, and just for
0: people who don't know, I just explained Matt, uh, I just, so what, what in my classroom, I was having a really rough time. Um, and I'm from the suburbs too, and I'm African American and even I have a, a hard time in 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 an inner city situation. So, don't think it's just you. I mean, it's people like me as well. So, trust me. If I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up poor. I grew up middle class. So, a lot of my kids are very poor. They ask me for food every day. They don't eat. They don't do stuff. So, for me, that was bizarre to me. You know what I mean? Like, how could your mom sit? So, what we started doing is... Uh, two things: started writing thank you notes to our teachers, starting thank you for being a teacher, thank you for being here. Uh, writing thank you notes to uh, the parents. Actually, some of the kids even asked even two years ago before you wrote this. I have it. I'm here looking on some old emails. I had some even kids wrote uh, some forgiveness notes to their mom, to their dad. Wow. You know, so it was more of a and it didn't even turn into that. I, I I didn't want a class to turn into you know a therapy session, but you know, God has a way of doing things sometimes that you never know what you write, how it can p- impact people that you never even intended to reach. You know, Matt?
1: <laughs> I, and that's just, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's it's inspiring to me to uh, to see what what that has done and just some of the other stuff that I've been able to do. Because again, I, I put it together and it, it sounds good in my head. It looks decent on paper. And then I hear that it You know, I've I've had I've had stuff where people have literally said I was going to kill myself. Wow. And then I read them like, you got to be kidding me. No no offense, but I didn't write that for that. Yeah. You know, so that that
0: leads to another question, man. I know our time is almost up. It's so good. We've to have a part two. But this leads to another question. As a writer, blogger, you know, what is the cost of you not hitting that publish button? You know, what? is at stake. I mean, cause sometimes you write in a vacuum. We all write it, you know, you help people and you're like, ah, you know, I'm not Dr. Phil. I'm not this, but you know, you you probably have some posts that right now that are on ice. So you say, maybe I shouldn't publish this. Maybe I should, or, you know, like with this, the, the, the forgiveness, the thank you, you know, some of your most popular posts. I know you have on your site, the 10 most popular posts that you have, but I mean, you know, I, I Tell me, give some advice to bloggers or someone who's, who's, who's in some decisions about some things and, you know,
1: I mean, it's simplistic as this and there's no secret. You just, you have to publish it. Um, Don't be afraid of having a bust every now and again, because about every fifth or sixth post I write is a complete dud, (laughs) you know? And 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 it's funny because some of the ones that I think I finish them are like, that's good. And and then I write it. It's been live for 24 hours and it has seven comments and like two social shares. And then I write another one that honestly, I kind of, I just kind of packed in, you know, it was like, eh, it's, I don't think it's terrible. I'm not going to publish something. I think is terrible, but I don't really like the way it finishes or, you know, I couldn't really, I didn't make my point super well there. I, I wasn't clear and it has 46 comments and, you know, 42 social shares. Mm-hmm. So, There's no rhyme or reason to what's going to resonate with somebody. And then on that, I can't tell you how many times the post that I'll get an email or a comment six months later that says this was, this changed my life type comments. And it's a post that had 11 comments. It's a post that got five social shares. So number of tweets and number of, comments isn't always the the best representation of what it means to somebody somewhere. And that's, that's the amazing thing is I'm huge in Kenya. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Kenya is my third most popular country after the U S and the UK. And it's because there's one guy there, he's a pastor in Kenya and he shares my stuff with everybody. So, and I'm, I'm changing people's lives in Kenya of all places. I've never been to Kenya. Wow. I don't know anybody in Kenya, but people there are getting
0: value from what i'm writing mm-hmm. wow that is so so great so matt uh, just in closing how can people uh find out about you and visit you online and what is your website your twitter
1: my website is matt mcwilliams.com and my twitter is matt at matt mcwilliams too and as i always say don't forget the two or you'll get an egg okay <laughs>
0: you'll get an egg. Okay. Cause it's such a, yeah, that's it's such a common, I guess, Twitter handle maybe. So,
1: yeah, I don't um, know who, I don't know who the at Matt McWilliams is, but I ended up with the, I had at Matt McWilliams years ago and then I left Twitter. And then when I came back, there was another one. Of course, <laughs> of course, of course. So, and you have
0: your free ebook, um, about two powerful words and, uh, people can get that for free on your site. And I noticed that you have a lot of, um, um, podcast uh with almost every post is that true you have a a audio post with almost every post
1: you write yep about seven or eight months ago i started doing that i released the um an audio version of every post and i've heard from multiple people who say that is the that is the only way i consume your content now because um one of the things i do in the audio versions i'm able to i'm able to ramble a little bit i'm able to go into more detail and share some stuff you know because you can't write a 2000 word blog post every you know three days a week yeah um yeah. So I'm able to, I'm able to tell more stories go into detail and, and things like that. So lately the average uh, audio version is you know 12 to 25 minutes. Wow.
0: So that really goes. Yeah, I've been I've been listening to them. and It's going to be really good, Matt. Well, hey, Matt, I really appreciate your time about forgiveness and thank you. And I just want to say thank you, because uh, if I haven't said it before and my students and, and, and years from now and every year, that's part of my lesson. When we start, I write it in the beginning of the board. I write. Thank you. I, and I tell the kids, "Thank you for attending school." I say, "Thank you for being here. Thank you for being present." And at the end of school, I write the words "Thank you," and I think of what you what you wrote, Matt. So I, I have to say that seriously, man. That really, really helps me out as an educator and and
1: as a person. That's awesome. And real quick before we go, um, Chip, I, I just want to say, going back to the forgiveness thing, anybody who's listening, and this was this was something that was powerful. I mean, this was a powerful event in my life. If you have any unforgiveness, and I realize that sometimes this is easier said than done because I had read it and been told this a thousand times before I did it. And if you have any unforgiveness, just not to quote the movie Frozen any more than I have to in a given week, but let it go. Mm -hmm. Because you don't have, like me, you don't have to understand what the other person did. That was my thing. I couldn't understand what my dad did. You just have to forgive them. And so... I have I've I say it in the post, um, but it is impossible for joy and unforgiveness to coexist. Wow. It's impossible for those things to coexist. So the action item that I would leave people with, if you don't go to my blog and read my post on forgiveness, I'll leave them with this, and that is to write those first words that, that I wrote, which were maybe not dad, but I wrote, dad, I forgive you. Write mm-hmm. those words to somebody you need to forgive. You don't even have to show them if you don't want to. If they could be living or dead, just write the person's name, address them, and say, "I forgive you," and then sign it. That's all you have to wow. do.
0: Because forgiveness is more about you than it is about them, right? It was about my
1: freedom. Yep, it's and right, I am I am free now.
0: Yep, and, and and there are people listening to this who read your blog and who will continue to read years from now because we're in change and bondage. And I'm just thinking of people through the years. And then I'm thinking of people that, that I may have wronged that, you know, because when you don't forgive someone or when someone holds some, something against you, it's really bondage. That's what it is. You know,
1: that's, and that's what I, when I was writing this note to my dad, that's what I, that's what I realized was I was being held captive by his mistakes. Wow. And I said that, um, you know my daughter she needs she needs me to not be held captive she needs me to not be shackled by the chains of unforgiveness she needs a dad who is free from those things who who isn't just bitter all of the time because there's this hidden unforgiveness inside of me she can't see that all she sees is the byproduct of that which is that I'm just bitter and i didn't want her to to have that i didn't want my wife to have to experience it anymore she dealt with that for the first 5 years of our marriage that's that's more than enough. She, she needs a husband who's free now. And that's the biggest gift that I could ever give myself is just being free from that rage and that bitterness.
0: Wow. That's powerful, Matt. But hey, man, I really, really appreciate your time on forgiveness. And I will definitely post the show notes uh, with the link. And if you want to comment, you're going to go to your blog about forgiveness and uh, grab the free ebook and other resources that you have on your site. So thanks for your time, Matt. I really appreciate you.
1: Thanks for having me, Chip.